Join us now for Education Matters, a weekly look at the real people and real stories in education across North Carolina. Welcome to Education Matters, presented by the Public School Forum of North Carolina. I'm Keith Poston. Last year, students from Wake County's Middle Creek High School, along with students from two other local schools, worked with the Alabama-based Equal Justice Initiative to document the only confirmed lynching case in Wake County. Following this transformative work, the students began working with the Wake County Truth and Reconciliation Commission's ongoing efforts to bring a memorial marker and other activities here to the area to shed further light on that event. We're going to hear from two of the students and the teacher who inspired them to embark on this journey. Before we tackle our main topics, we open with our headlines, our quick scan of education headlines across North Carolina and the U.S. After claiming that an evaluation committee could not reach a consensus on the best K-3 reading assessment tool for North Carolina public schools, DPI released internal documents last week that appear to contradict that claim, at least partially. Documents show that the committee did rate the state's current vendor, Amplify, higher than Texas-based iStation, the company that was ultimately awarded the contract by State Superintendent Mark Johnson. Amplify has since filed a complaint and requested a review of the RFP process. Two of State Superintendent Mark Johnson's top advisors are leaving their post this week. General Counsel Jonathan Sink has been named the new executive director of the State Republican Party, and Legislative Director Kevin Wilkinson has taken a position with UNC Pembroke. Sink and Wilkinson are the latest in a string of high-profile departures in recent weeks. Deputy Superintendents Maria Petrie-Martin and Pamela Hsu both left DPI in June, as did Director of Communications Drew Elliott. The North Carolina Innovative School District has also recently lost its first two superintendents and the principal of the only school in the ISD. Finally, last week, the State Board of Education gave approval to two new charter schools in Wake County over the protest of the Wake County public school system and some parent groups. They say Wake is already saturated with charters and that these two new ones will increase racial segregation and drain resources from the school system. Proponents say these schools simply meet demand for more choices. Remember, you can visit the Public School Forum's website at ncforum.org, click on Education Matters, and read more about each of these headlines as well as all the other topics we cover each week. As I said at the top of the show, some Wake County students began work more than a year ago to document what is now the only confirmed lynching in the Wake County, and we are joined first by their teacher who inspired their work, Matt Sheldon. Matt is a high school English teacher, right. among other things, at Middle Creek High School in Wake County. You're also a former Wake County Teacher of the Year. I so, was, very so, proud. So, Matt, welcome to Education Matters. Thank you for having me. All right, so first of all, let me, um, you were teaching, well, you're teaching English, you were also teaching African American literature class. I guess Correct. my first question is you, for this student project, what led you to focus on this, um, this you know, lynching case and this documented lynching case for this student project? Uh, it began with me uh, reading the book Just Mercy by Brian Stevenson, who heads up the Equal Justice Initiative, the EJI, and I knew the students would love that book. And as I started researching what else the EJI has done, um, I realized they were getting ready to open the National Memorial for Peace and Justice, and that there would be a part of uh, that museum that would be pointing out confirmed lynching cases in counties around the country. And as I dug a little deeper, I realized there was one of those cases in Wake County, and I wanted to get involved with that. And when I reached out to the EJI about being the one to do the soil collection, uh, 
found out there was already some schools that had expressed interest, Raleigh Charter and Explorus. So we kind of collaborated with them and moved forward with that project. Well, I want to pull up, we've got a graphic. This is from, from EJI, the Equal Justice Initiative, about lynching. And I think, I mean, it's something, again, I think people are, they're familiar with the term, but like, what role did lynching play in our country's past? I mean, sort of when, in sort of that time frame. So basically, once you get post-slavery, post the Civil War, lynching was the tool used by white supremacists in order to instill fear in the black community in America and to try to maintain that power from the slavery and Civil War era. It was really our first domestic terrorism right. in this country. So, so tell us a little bit of, let's briefly sort of tell us the backstory. The individual, uh, he had a name. George Taylor, and Correct. we're going we're gonna to show we've got some clips about it because it's actually important. There was some news reporting at the time, which is, uh, you know, when I first read about this case from you know, the, the information you handed, they said it was the only documented case in Wake County. Well, that seemed sort of unbelievable. Part of it is EJI looks at it and says documented, which is part of what we've got is the um, some news coverage. But tell us about what his case was about. So uh, November 5th, 1918, George Taylor was the fourth man who was brought in, um, a, a white woman living in the northern rural part of Wake County at the time, had uh, claimed to have had someone come into her home and assault her. Um, they had brought three other men for her to identify. She couldn't identify her by any of those men. They brought George Taylor in. She also couldn't identify him. Um, after some time, she said, well, it sounds like him. So based only on the sound of his voice, uh, he was accused of this assault. A Wake County deputy took him and was trying to take him to jail to actually process him, um, and he was intercepted less than a quarter of a mile from the accuser's home by four masked Klansmen. Um, they were armed. They actually held that deputy at gunpoint um, along with Taylor for over six hours in a nearby ditch while a crowd of over, from reports, over 300 Wake County citizens gathered. Um, and what we know happened at the end of it all was that he was hanged upside down by his feet in a tree, he was assaulted by knives, and he was shot over a hundred times. I mean, this is, these things are, are hard to, to, to hear, but I think we're gonna get into it in a minute. One of the things that you want to teach, in fact, you're working on a new class, is called Hard History. That's right. And uh, this is part of the hard history right here, right. Uh, right here in this community. What were the parameters you set out for the students to, for this was a, a project, a research project, right? Right. So the idea was for them, you know, I'm an English teacher, so I want them to also teach, I want them to also learn research and how to do research, how to, how to work with, uh, you know, first-person documents and sources, how to work with archival materials. So the students, and again, this was a collaboration with Explorus and with Raleigh Charter as well, um, we looked at all the, that archival material. We kind of triangulated information from different news sources, and our goal was to identify where exactly, as exact as possible, this occurred. And through that research, through some uh, you know, interviewing folks in that community, we found the spot. And this was in, was, is it Rollsville? I mean, people in what is In what is today Rollsville. Rollsville. Okay. At the time, it was unincorporated Wake County territory. Okay. Um, it, it is Rollsville today, but if you go just a few hundred yards down that same street, you're in Zebulon. Okay. Um, and at the time period when this happened, there weren't 300 people who lived in Rollsville, according to the census material. So this was truly Wake County's lynching. Those 300 participants 
had to have come from towns throughout Wake County. So it wasn't purely just Roseville. Did anything surprise you in this process, either something you learned um, yourself? I mean, um, I mean, obviously you had not done a lot of re research yourself on, on, on Mr. Taylor. Something you learned or, how this, or something about how the students responded? I often say that no one understands unfair like a teenager. And when you put something as unfair as lynching in front of them, they have a dogged approach to that work, uh, a level of engagement with that work that I have never seen in any other assignment, any other project that I had ever done in the years leading up to this. That when students are giving real, meaningful, substantive, uh, possibly life-changing work, they give their full effort, their full focus and attention. To be honest, I was having to hold them back at right, times right. that they wanted to go even further with the work. Well, you mentioned all the different pieces. Like you said, you're an English teacher, not a history teacher. Right. But you want to, it kind of, it, to me, it sounds like if we, we have a lot of teachers who watch this show, this is project-based learning. Absolutely. In a lot of ways. So it's like basically all the different elements of what you hope that a student at this point in high school is learning some tools to help them become well, college-level learnings, mm -hmm. lifelong learners. So that's um, that's great. So let's talk about that um, class that mm -hmm. you're planning. You're working on a new class um, for next year. So based on the response the students had with this work, uh, county leaders saw the passion the kids had for this and saw the things that they were able to do based on this uh, project. So they've allowed me to start designing and piloting a brand new course that is for the time being, being called hard history and civic engagement. So we're going to look at a, a lot of archival material about a range of topics, and all of it is moving towards, well, what do we do now? So kids coming through our eighth grade social studies curriculum in North Carolina, they definitely, there's a whole unit about North Carolina history. Yeah, that's, that's I mean, even, I mean, I, mean myself, from growing up here, in the eighth grade, that was when you had your sort of North Carolina history right. thing, right? And, and we definitely learn about the Wright brothers, and we learn that there are some lighthouses out at the coast, but we don't talk enough about how the Trail of Tears started in North Carolina. We don't talk enough about how North Carolina carried their eugenics program longer and further than any other state in the country. We don't talk enough about the coup in Wilmington. So we want the kids to learn about those things, look at a lot of archival materials, do some research, multimedia research. I want them to learn from an English teacher standpoint, how do you put that in, how do you synthesize that information? How do you present that information? But then ultimately it's, but what do we do now? Right. What can you do now that will affect some kind of positive change in your community? based on what you've learned. Real quick as we're wrapping up, um, as a white educator, yep. um, how do you get comfortable, I mean, we talk about race on the show, uh, talking about issues of race. We're gonna meet your students mm -hmm. here in just a minute, but th what would you tell other educators who are nervous about sort of uh, grappling with something like this? You never get comfortable. And that, to me, is the important part. It, it shouldn't be comfortable to stand up and talk about slavery. We shouldn't be comfortable um, when we talk about the eugenics program. There should be a level of discomfort, and that's okay. We, we oftentimes think that the students can't handle it, that they, they will get too upset. It's been my experience that they don't get up. They, I mean, we have those moments in class. Sure. Tears get shed. But just because something is potentially uncomfortable doesn't mean it's not worthwhile. And oftentimes, that's really the most worthwhile stuff. Well, we're going to talk to these students. They're awesome. I can't wait to introduce them, but thank you, Matt, Absolutely. for, for thank being you on for the show. Me.
After a brief commercial break, we are going to introduce you to two students who worked on the project. Before we go to break, see if you can answer this question. What county in North Carolina has the most documented lynchings? Education Matters is brought to you each week in part by Town Bank, serving others enriching lives. Did you correctly answer D, New Hanover County? Due in large part to a violent coup, or maybe you heard it as a race riot in Wilmington in 1898, New Hanover holds the tragic distinction, according to the Equal Justice Initiative, of the most documented lynchings in the state of North Carolina with 22, and actually New, New Hanover ranks in the top 20 of most lynchings in the entire nation. Next up, we're going to meet two of the students who helped lead this project and also made the trek to the National Memorial for Peace and Justice in Montgomery, Alabama. So welcome to Education Matters. Destiny Eaton. Destiny was a student at Middle Creek High School class of 2018, uh, now a student at Winston-Salem State University. Welcome to Education Matters. And Yancey Greer. Yancey just graduated from Middle Creek High School and will be um, attending NC State University this fall. So welcome mm -hmm. both of you to the show. Thank you. Um, now, that question I just asked about New Hanover County, you already knew the answer to that because it's something that I assume came up when you were visiting um, um, the museum down in Montgomery because one of the things they were doing was documenting cases. So, I mean, was that, I guess I want to ask you, Destiny, I mean, how did that, um, just, uh, just an interesting sort of looking at the numbers and seeing those counties, um, was that uh, a sort of a different experience than what you were reading about here? Yeah, definitely. Um, when I saw the names on the column, I was definitely taken back because I was not expecting, you know, that many names for the same date in the same, you know, county. So when I saw that, I was like, wow, you know, that was kind of, you know, kind of, you know, tugged at my heart a little bit. But, you know, um, <clears throat> I definitely left with a different outlook on Wilmington. But, you know, now things have changed just a little bit. So, you know, hopefully. Yancey, you, um, you know, we, we heard, I mean, uh, Mr. Sheldon shared some about the project, but I'd like mm -hmm. to hear a little bit, little bit more. I mean, the first part, I mean, obviously some of it was just researching, you know, f looking for clips, finding some more sort of contemporary reports. As we mentioned, there, there very likely were more lynchings that have happened in, in this area, but the, the, you know, the, these were some news reports because there was an actual, you know, uh, well, an attempted arrest I mean, that, that actually never happened. Um, but what, what were the parts of, like, for example, there's, we're going to show some pictures, I know, um, there was a soil collection part of this project that uh, the um, museum likes to. Tell me about that part of it. Well, when we first tried to get the soil, her class, when they first okay. tried to get the soil, the um, landowner there, he was totally cool with it. And then they revoked it after a while with, like, family complications and stuff. And so one of her um, classmates just came up with the idea, let's just have all the soil from, like, Wake County and let's compile that into a jar to show that the 300 people who are there to show that our event is moving, is moving past it. Right. We're moving past it, it's showing progression. And it's not just coming from us, it's coming from the whole community. So we collected all of that soil and then we brought it to the museum when we went there to EJI. And there was two lawyers there and they gave like a wonderful speech. And it was just like a really, they like just really, it, they thought it was really cool right. that we just collected all the soil from Wake County. That was like original. And, and, and Dustin, I mean, the point of this, I guess, part of the, the, the soil part of it, again, is, um, I mean, I think we all sort of, I'm, I'm doing it like reflexively, holding right. something in my hand. Right. It's making it very real. Um, something real, something horrible. Yeah, happened. Happened yeah. right here. And it's hard. It's a little hard to come to grips, you know, that something like this happened in your own state, let alone your own county. But, I mean, 
with us, um, with one of my classmates having the idea to bring all the soil from Wake County together to make, you know, one big jar, it kind of symbolized like us coming together and to move past, like Yancey said. Right. Now, I think both of you, um, you guys have presented at conferences. You, mm -hmm. We've got some photos that we're going to show up on the screen. You presented before the Wake County Commission, yeah. the school board. I mean, I guess one of my questions for both of you is, um, what do you hope will come of the work that you've done over the last two years that will endure over time? Well, what do you hope, Yancey? Ultimately, I just want people to see that um, even though we're young, even though we don't have like a career, we don't have influence, like in that way we still have a voice and when we all come together, we can spread something and do something for a larger purpose that's bigger than us. And even though we're doing it like this like campaign space, it still has larger implications like butterfly effects. Right, sure. Um, for me, I just hope that the school system specifically implements um, more socially conscious um, topics such as this. This is um, one of the things that I was arguing at the um, School Board of Education meeting, um, that they just implement more um, socially conscious topics and that it's okay for us to learn things because, you know, this is real and this has happened and, you know, now it's time to learn about it and, you know, move, move forward from it. Well, that's one thing that, that um, uh, Mr. Chalon just said. He said, you know, some folks are worried that maybe students um, can't handle it or don't want. I mean, what is your, you, did you, I assume, did you, I don't even know, I shouldn't assume that you went to school, um, uh, grade schools up here in North Carolina. Do you, I mean, as far as the North Carolina history that you were taught versus what you were just researching, I guess, did you, um, did you feel like you were missing some of the story? Yeah, like going through, and learning things that I learned at AJI and on our trip and through the class, learning what we're oblivious to and what they don't teach us, it's like, I feel like a lot of students would be way more enlightened to what's actually going on in the world because when you don't learn, you get like uneducated opinions and they might seem biased or like unnecessary in a sense. And it's like, if they just learned it, people would be way more empathetic and understanding because they would have got it young. Well, I, I've got an 18-year-old myself, and I, I, I think I, I think they can uh, handle, y'all can handle a lot right. more than maybe right. adults think. Because, I, like, I remember w when that white supremacist march and attack happened in Charlottesville, yeah. Virginia, back in August of 2017. That was just a few, literally like a week or so before the school year started. was starting. Right. And I know I heard from some educators that were, they knew it was on their students' minds. I mean, it had to be. Um, but they weren't ex fully comfortable in how to raise it. I mean, do you, how do you think I mean, our public schools, generally speaking, are doing in terms of addressing these kinds of issues um, real um, time? I personally feel like there's like topics like this, they're sweeping it under the rug like it didn't happen, like we don't see it in the news. And that's not okay because, um, you know, how is it hard? I mean, it's hard to, you know, try to, you know, see something on the news and then you go to school and you don't learn about it, but you're learning about things that happened away in the 1900s. Not saying that that's bad, but, you know, um, let's be up to date with the education that they're teaching the students in the classroom because it's important to, you know, not sugarcoat things. Um, I feel like people don't give teenagers as much credit as we deserve because, you know, with them sugarcoating these things, it's like, they're saying like, oh, they don't need to learn about that. They're not, you know, they're not old enough or they're not ready. And that's not the case. We're definitely ready. Well, you did learn some things on your, uh, your, your trek, almost a pilgrimage in some ways, to Montgomery, Alabama, in addition mm -hmm. to going to this um, very powerful um, museum that is, you know, I mean, sometimes sort of short as sort of the lynching you know, museum, but yeah. really documents mm -hmm. that. But you also visited Dr. King's um, church. church. So tell me about, I'd like to hear from each of you, your most impactful memory what uh, of that trip. 
I liked hearing about the history, especially going to Dark Martin Luther King Church. I love hearing about the history of it and showing that this has been like a thing that we had to progress. Like it's not new. The there's history there. There's actual substance there, and it makes what it makes what we're doing feel a lot more important. Right. Yeah. But you, Dustin. Um, for me, I feel like everything that we went, you know, everything that we did with going to Martin Luther King's Church and then going to the EJI Museum, also as well as the National Museum, the National Memorial for Justice and Peace Museum. Um, I feel like everything that we experienced made everything so real. You know, um, going yeah, to. And we've his got some pictures we're showing up on the screen. This right. is uh, actually from the. Uh, 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 from the memorial, and I know, and I want to ask you. There, there, we're going to show something in a moment, and we, maybe we can jump to it. The marker in the box, or the marker that's in a field mm -hmm. outside of um, the museum, with uh, Mr. Taylor's name on it. That's something that um, um, I think you guys are hoping, as part of the project, to have Wake County right, yeah. claim it, it. Right. Mm -hmm. and right and bring it back. Right. Yeah, here we go. We've got it on the screen now. Um, this is something that all of the the individuals who died. Um, have a marker like right. this and they want the communities. Do you think that's something that's going to happen? Honestly, yes. Um, we spoke to the um, Wake County Commissioners and there's people in the Commissioners like group that really agree with us. We don't know how long it'll take. It's a long track to get there and I think that's the scope for um, next year's class that they're going to do that. But yeah, it's really important. I really do think it can happen, but it's just a lot to go through. Yeah. Sounds like you've been on a journey. Already, what what are you taking? Sort of like your last thoughts, or what are you taking away from this project? Um, well, I feel like this whole project and this whole experience taught me um, to be more empathetic, especially in the career that I'm going into. I have hopes of becoming a pediatric nurse, and um, with that career, I have to deal with a lot of patients, a lot of different, you know, races, cultures, and it'll give me the opportunity to. This gave me the opportunity to develop empathy, and you know put myself in predicaments and, you know, be understanding and, you know, you know, push, you know, things aside and, mm -hmm. you know, just move forward. Well, it's uh, it's an impressive project. It's important work. We really appreciate you coming on and talking about it. Best of luck to you in college. I have a thank feeling you, you guys are going to uh, carry a lot of this with you yeah, uh, with you. your future. So, again, thank you so much for being with us. After the break, this week's final word. From a final word, I actually want to take a moment to praise the Wake County Public School System, its current superintendent Kathy Moore, former superintendent Jim Merrill, and the Wake County Board of Education for its leadership and courage in encouraging real talk and a real focus on issues of race. When I talked to Matt Chaldone earlier this week, he said in the 18 years plus that he's been teaching, he had never felt so much support and encouragement to pursue these kinds of new and important initiatives than he's received in the last few years from the district. I wanted to call it out because it doesn't always happen, and it's not always without controversy. Wake County public school system is not perfect on the issue of race equity. None of our systems are, and they've acknowledged as much. There are issues around discipline disparities for black and brown students. There's some growing resegregation in the district. But the district leaders, including Assistant Superintendent for Equity Affairs, Dr. Rodney Trice, continue to show the courage our community and our students deserve. Tackling issues of race is complicated and can be uncomfortable, just like Matt said. But I believe that our students are more than capable of learning and understanding the full picture of our state's history 
beyond the Wright brothers and the Lost Colony. So kudos to Wake County for schools for trusting its educators and its students. And in the long run, we will all benefit. That's it for this week's show. Thanks for watching and we'll see you next week.